Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Just Say Guay. I'm your host, George Guay. Today I'm joined by Tim McCone of 98.5 The Sports Hub. We're here to talk Patriots. Tim, thank you so much for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So I can't believe it. You know, it seems like we've hit rock bottom with the Patriots. We thought that maybe it wouldn't have been a good team, but we did not see this coming. Before we get into where we are now, just I wanted to know what were your expectations going into this season? No Matt Patricia. Billy will be coming in from Alabama. seems like Mac Jones got what he wanted in the offseason. What were you thinking going into this year? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what. I thought it was a relatively quiet offseason in terms of some of the roster moves they made, but I thought the addition of Bill O'Brien with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge taken off the offense was going to be a huge step forward for this team. And so, you know, you looked at the schedule early on, and I think we all thought, especially the start of this year, uh, it was going to be tough sledding for the team. So I really thought what you were going to see was a team that was – really improved. I thought you were going to see a monster step forward for the offense, um, but maybe the record wouldn't necessarily reflect that. And instead, what we've gotten is, yeah, the record is probably a little bit worse than we even anticipated. And on top of it, we have not seen the improvement on the offensive side of the ball uh, that we anticipated. Yeah. And, you know, I think going into the season, I was thinking of a possible, you know, one and four, but maybe those losses were because of a close game against a better team like Philly and like Miami. I don't think anyone saw those Dallas and New Orleans losses coming. So what were your thoughts after those first two games? I know going into the year, the way the preseason is now, it's like the first couple of games are like a warm-up for a lot of teams. But those are two world-class teams that came into Gillette, the NFC defending champion Philadelphia Eagles and the Miami Dolphins, who had probably the greatest uh, offense in the last few years. They played them well. They almost won both games, had a chance, but – did you think that, you know, maybe they were going to put up a good product for the rest of the season? Yeah, well, it's a great point by you, right? Because if you actually go back to those first couple of weeks, I think that you actually saw some encouraging signs. And I would say and make the argument that it was kind of what I just talked about, right? Where, you know, you had losses, but you saw improvement because to your point, um, you know, the Philly coming off the Super Bowl, you played them, you had a chance to win that game at the end. Similar thing with the Dolphins and really that Cowboys game to me it was really the first sign that this thing was sort of going sideways in the, in the first step backwards. But if you go back and you look at both the Philly game and the Miami game, I think you can kind of point to the starts at those games and, and the, both of them kind of being fool's gold. And what I mean by that, George, is, you know, you go back and you look at it and Philadelphia was up double digits before you could even blink. Right. And I think when that tends to happen, similar thing with, with the Dolphins being up, I think it was 17, three at the half. You've got these double-digit leads. You're a team that uh, obviously you know is really talented. And so when you see the Patriots down the way that they were early in those games, the natural reaction is that you take your foot off the gas a little bit. And then, you know, the Patriots come back into those games and, and have an opportunity to win at the end. Ultimately, I don't think that really those games were as competitive as maybe we initially thought because I do think – both Miami and Philadelphia, uh, again, probably started to take the Patriots a little lightly based on those starts for that game. And I think that's where the evaluation those first two weeks might have been a little sideways for Patriots fans. Because, man, I'll tell you what, ever since that Cowboys game, it has been uh, downhill. Outside of the Bills game, I don't know about you, that was the one game you could point to, especially with the the, the way that the Patriots have played the Bills over the last few years, where I said, they're going to lose by like 21 points, no problem. And of course, that's the one game that they win, which is why I don't, uh, which is why I don't gamble as much as others there, George. But but yeah, overall, it was, uh, it, it was just, uh, it's been a, a frustrating, frustrating season for Patriots fans. Yeah, especially from the start, like you said, that uh, 
bad start against the Eagles. It's like, here we go again. You know, I think, uh, I think it's tough to evaluate that first game just because both teams are trying to figure out their systems, especially in a league where the preseason isn't really as valued as it used to be. I'm not really sold on the Miami game either, just because of the fact that the score was close, but the fact that the defense didn't really have any answers for the offense, the whole game was very discouraging. What do you think went wrong? Because you get that Jets win, we kind of caught a break that Aaron Rodgers got hurt because we could have started off 0-3. We almost started off 0-3 because of that Hail Mary pass to the end zone was almost caught. But it just seems like, man, you get a good win and it just flipped in a matter of two in a week. Do you think it was more kind of internal issues in those next two games? Yeah, I think you've seen a couple things, right? I think, uh, first of all, uh, you know, and, and this isn't the main reason, but you've started to see some of the attrition throughout the year as well when you've got Matthew Judon going down with the injury you got Christian Gonzalez going down with the injury so you've got some playmakers that go down and then the health of the offensive line really before the, even the start of the season uh, you were seeing some, some some cracks up front uh, and, and not being 100% healthy with already what was going to be a questionable uh, offensive line I think has really been an issue uh, going forward and, and once you kind of lose faith in that line we, we've sort of seen it with Mac Jones where you start to see you start to see ghosts a little bit. You start to get sped up a little bit. And we've seen that at times with Mac Jones. And then obviously on the offensive side of the ball, it's something that we've talked about for the last few years. But point to me on the offensive side, a guy that other defensive coordinators are looking at going, how the hell are we going to stop him? You don't have one of those players. You don't have a go-to guy. You don't have what was Gronk back in the day. You don't even have what was Julian Edelman, quite frankly, back in the day. Um, you know, the one I think kind of bright spot that you've got right now is Pop Douglas has flashed and looks like he might be that sort of next guy in line for that that sort of slot receiver for the Patriots. But again, there's no one on the uh, offensive side of the ball that's keeping uh, defensive coordinators up at night. And, and that's a big problem as well. Yeah, you make a good point. I mean, a lot of these guys that are typically going into the season thinking they'll be a wide receiver two or three, they're asked to be the one because, you know, uh, Smith-Schuster is not having a good season. And like I said, Pop Douglas, I don't think he expected to step up the way that he has been asked. Um, so just in terms of the offense, I know it's been crazy all year long. A lot of people are saying, oh, it looks worse with uh, out-math Patricia. Billy O'Brien's not running a good offense. But I think that's a bit fraudulent of a take just because last season we played six of the seven worst defenses in the NFL. We had those games against Detroit. Uh, I know – and. uh Vegas, Indianapolis, I could go on for those other teams, but I know it would be exactly some of those games, but those are pretty easy teams to score points on. You know, this year we've already played four of the top 10 defenses. We still got Kansas City and Buffalo. I know it's technically looking worse numbers wise, but I think you got to factor that in. Uh, I'm with you. Like uh, I still look at last year offensively, it just to, it seemed inept at, at times, and you saw the lack of motion and, and everything that you, you just hear from, from people that kind of went up against the Patriots last year as well was that they were just uh, incredibly predictable. Where I look at the issues this year, uh, and I think it's personnel, and I think it's injuries up front. And when you don't have an offensive line, you don't have talented uh, skill position players. Um, you can run whatever you want, but ultimately there's going to be uh, a bit of a ceiling there, and I think that's kind of what you're seeing. You know, we go back to it, too, in New England, uh, for 20-plus years, you were used to having a quarterback that would elevate players to another level, right? And I think Mac Jones is is a quarterback that, while I, do, I, I don't think he's an all-out bust, I, I'm not saying that he is, uh, um, you know, a Trey Lance or uh, even a Zach Wilson I'll throw in there, 
Um, but I think he's a starting quarterback that needs players around him to elevate his game, which is kind of the opposite of what you had with Brady. And so when you don't have some of these elite skill position players or even a go-to guy that he can say, you know what, third and six, got to have it. I know this guy is going to be open. Um, that's an issue uh, as well. And to your point of slotting and asking too much of these guys, you know, if you had that number one receiver, and I know Kendrick Bourne just went down with an ACL, but if Bourne is your second or third option on, on offense, and then all of a sudden Pop Douglas, like you said, has kind of a reduced role. And now all of a sudden you're mixing in the tight ends with all that. You slot those guys down a little bit, and now maybe that offense looks a little bit more explosive. But when you ask some of these guys to take on that role, or Kendrick Bourne's now going up against that number one corner, or Pop Douglas is being asked to have sort of a, a bigger role as a rookie and, and shoulder a lot of this load, that's when you start to run into trouble. Yeah, for sure. A lot of players being asked to do things they're typically not asked to do. So one of the things I always wondered just about, you know, the Patriots operation, you know, it seems like the whole region is saying they got to get offensive weapons. I know that, like, we had Tom Brady to be able to elevate those guys like Edelman, Hogan. I could make a whole list of them, and so could you. But Brady's gone. Do you think that, like, Belichick and Kraft just aren't seeing that? They definitely need to go after the number one wide receiver because Brady's not here. Yeah, I, I think you kind of take for granted what, what Brady was able to do, no question about it. And you go back to the Ian O'Connor book in 2017 where, you know, there was a uh, an unnamed Patriots uh, coach that pretty much said, with our system, if you give us a top 15 quarterback, we're going to be able to win uh, at a high level. And you look at that now, and, and while I do think that they would have success with a top 15 quarterback, you do take for granted um, the fact that, again, Brady was able to elevate players around him where – if you've got that 15th or 14th ranked guy, yes, you know, maybe he can do things, but you also have to then kind of supplement that uh, with players that can kind of take him to another level as well. And so I do think you have to kind of change the evaluation a little bit when you talk about the resources that you put into the offense, because if you're not going to have, you know, that top five quarterback, uh, I'm sorry, you're going to have to, again, if you're going to keep up with the league, um, invest some of those resources uh, in some 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 top of the line uh, offensive talent, which again, and this is where if you're a Patriots fan, you're kind of shaking your head. You're looking at it, going, "Man, Mac Jones in year three of this rookie deal, right now, right now is when he should have kind of the maximum level of talent surrounding him because you're on a rookie deal, third year uh, in the league. So now you've got experience and you're still not costing a lot. Then you look at the talent around him, and it just it's just not good enough." Yeah, many good points. And this is just something that I don't think is talked about a lot. But do you think there's potential of the fact that Belichick looks around the league and sees how a lot of these star wide receivers act when things don't go well and he doesn't want to put up with it? I mean, we saw with Moss. I know that he should have stayed here, but it didn't end well. Antonio Brown was a crazy situation. You see Stephon Diggs already losing it in Buffalo. Do you think it's possible that uh, him and Kraft just see that together going across the league and saying, we don't really need that here? I don't. I don't actually. I, I don't think that's what, what it is. I think that we've seen throughout, uh, you know, kind of the history of the Patriots that Belichick is willing to take on people that maybe you look at in other organizations haven't had success with or they've had frustrations with in the past. I think when you kind of look at this thing and, and it goes back to, man, even Patriot Reign and Holly, uh, Michael Holly's first book where, you know, when the, the league zigs, Belichick loves to zag, right? And so when you've got all these other teams that are pouring recess resources, excuse me, into the offense, Belichick's looking at that and saying, all right, well, how can I kind of go the other way a little bit here? And, and when you look at that, I think 
you know, uh, an emphasis on the running game with Ramondre Stevenson and, and kind of trying to, to, to build an offense a little bit differently than what the, uh, the rest of the league has done is probably the approach that he's taken. I just think that the, the league as a whole has shifted so dramatically over the last you know, 20 years and especially the last few where, quite frankly, yes, on paper, maybe that worked in the past and that approach does make a lot of sense. You know, if you don't have Patrick Mahomes and elite weapons, well, trying to build your team that same way is probably a, a fool's errand, right? But unfortunately, with the way that the league kind of has put an emphasis on offense, it, you have to you have to invest offensively. And so um, that's where I, I kind of think Belichick has maybe lost lost this a little bit just in terms of I, I get the approach and I understand that they've done it in the past, but with the league putting such an emphasis on offense, I, I don't think you can build it. Uh, a different way. I think you have to really invest those resources. Yeah, for sure. And you see those teams that are investing so much. Look at Miami. They yeah. went all in on Tua, and they are an elite offense. So I was just wondering, where does the team go from here? Really bad record. I know people are saying, hey, we have a good bottom half of uh, the ranked schedule in the league going forward. But, you know, there's no guarantees with this team. It's it, That's kind of over. You know, we thought that maybe Washington was a, a good win coming back, especially after beating Buffalo, but we, we didn't beat them. I mean, where do you think this team goes? Yeah, but it's, it's your point. I think everyone kind of looked at the schedule and you said, all right, these four, first four games are going to be tough. Uh, but then, you know, you've got that Vegas game and that should be a win. And then like, to your point, I mean, I don't think anybody thought at the start of this year, Sam Howell was going to come into Gillette and win that game. And so now you go to Germany uh, to take on, uh, Indy and, and suddenly all these games that you used to look at and say all right these are cupcake wins no matter by the way what you thought of them because we thought the same thing last year with the Patricia offense and you did win those games and and now uh, this year I think a lot of that's in question so look some tough decisions this offseason I know you have a lot of cap space um, but you've also got some free agents where all right Kyle Duggar Josh Uche um, Michael Wenu are these guys uh, who are up now and free agents actually part of the core moving forward? Or are you moving off, off of those uh, players as well? So some decisions in, some, in terms of some of the young guys that are up, who do you want to build uh, around? You're going to have a high first-round pick now. Are you going quarterback? Are you going left tackle? Uh, are you going uh, skill position like a Marvin Harrison Jr. or, uh, or a Brock Bowers uh, in terms of a tight end that could kind of uh, do some things here to, to, to find that number one option that we just talked about? Uh, and then, you know, if you're the crafts, are you moving off of Belichick? Is, is this kind of the final straw here? Or are you giving him another shot? So, look, uh, to your point, there, there are a lot, a lot, a lot of decisions to be made. Um, but really it starts with who's in charge of this organization moving forward. And, and I think once we find that out, uh, that's when the rest of those dominoes are going to start to fall. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned the offseason changes. just wanted to get your thoughts on Belichick just because personally for me, I do want to keep him uh, for next season. It has nothing to do with him breaking the record, you know, somewhere else. You know, I saw Tom Brady win a Super Bowl and I was still happy for him. I just think that what needs to be changed, maybe it's just how the personnel decisions are made. Uh, maybe have other people make the draft picks. I think this is fixable in ways like guys spend a lot more. I know that in 2021, it didn't work because a lot of the guys didn't really you know, hit in terms of how much money we spent. But I think if we do make structural changes, it's going to be better. Um, do you think that those are the right moves? Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating. And so if you're going to go quarterback here, 
and, and I would imagine that if Belichick is going to stay, um, then there, there, there's got to be some some movement in terms of who's going to be your quarterback uh, next year. Um, so, look, I said for a while, I still thought Belichick was was on game day. You can say put the personnel aside. I think on game day, he's still one of those lead coaches. Um, and, and look, I still think that. I guess the question is, when we get to the end of this season, and a lot of this is going to play out, I think, with how the Patriots kind of wind up performing at the end of the year. Has he lost that locker room entirely? Um, and if that's the case, then maybe you do move on. Um, but if you're still seeing signs that he, he's he got kind of a, a pulse of the franchise, um, then maybe you, you, you double down uh, for, for one more year uh, and, and kind of revamp this uh, with that next quarterback uh, that's in line. But but regardless, to your point, uh, there's got to be just sort of a reevaluation in terms of, of, of roster building uh, as a whole with the organization because what's gone on post-Brady uh, clearly isn't good enough. And, and, and you went from... Uh, that first year with Cam Newton uh, to ascending to that playoff team. Uh, and now you've taken two giant steps back uh, and you're trending in the wrong direction right now. When, when again, this should be the year where everything's kind of coming together, where Mac Jones is on that rookie deal. You got a lot of talent around the roster and, and you're supposed to be making tough decisions moving forward about who you want to end up paying from this, this core. And right now, I don't see too many guys long-term that you're, you, you feel good about building around. For sure. Yeah. It, it's going to be interesting. I mean, what I want to do and is my biggest fear with Mac Jones is just that we let him go after not investing in him. And then he goes to another team and they put the pieces around him like Tua and he is just unbelievable. You know, uh, I know that Michael Felger talks about this a lot that we're not really getting the definitive answer if he's the guy or not, because they haven't given him the hundred percent chance. I mean, you look in Minnesota, they got Jefferson and Hawkinson, and Kirk Cousins was playing really well this year. You saw Joe Burrow once he got Jamar Chase. Talked about many times with Tua. I just want to get that answer, and I think they still have time to do that. But obviously, we'll see. Uh, what are your thoughts on just the draft pick? I'm not for tanking just because I think that you don't want to build a losing culture just within the team. Um, my only concern is just the fact that it seems like everyone's high on Caleb Williams. And who knows what could happen just because I know the draft is such a crapshoot. Um, so, uh, to your point, uh, Ryan Rosillo, uh, has done this over the last few years. And if you go back 20 years, uh, and you look at all the first round quarterbacks, 50% of those guys are all out busts. And I don't mean, uh, like, oh, relatively good quarterback. And, and they just didn't turn into franchise quarterbacks. Like they didn't turn into a Burrow or a uh, Josh Allen. No, like 50% were like scrubs right? And, and taken in, in that first round. And so you're right. It's not a slam dunk. Um, that being said, uh, I am the complete opposite of you, man. I am I am tanking for that pick. I am going uh, full-blown Sam Hankey. I'm trusting the process. Uh, and I'm giving myself the best opportunity possible to go up and select one of those guys. Like, I, I just look at it and I, I get what you're saying about the culture. And I do, I do buy that uh, to some extent. Uh, but I would also make the argument that I look at the culture right now for this Patriots team this year. And it sucks. It sucks. You know, I don't know what was going on with J.C. Jackson and Jack Jones, uh, but they obviously didn't play in the first quarter uh, of that game against Washington. You've got, like, you know, these cryptic uh, Instagram videos going on with, with Jack Jones, uh, liking tweets. Um, so I, I think the culture already uh, kind of needs to be revamped a little bit. And the biggest way to revamp a culture is starting to win games. And the easiest way to win games in the NFL 
is to have a franchise quarterback. And the easiest way to get a franchise quarterback is to draft one in the top five. So I want a top five pick, and I want Caleb Williams. I want Drake May. I want one of those guys. And if they turn into that guy, you're off and running for the next 15 years. It's as simple as that. And if not, and if they're not that good, well, then, I mean, you're screwed anyways, and, and here we go. But you got to you have to find a way to get that next player. And, and winding up with the ninth pick uh, and taking another left tackle or taking the – the you know the DJ Bean had a great tweet on Sunday said I can't wait uh, to take the second ranked right guard uh, in in the top ten uh, this year for the Patriots I I, I can't do that I, I'm pro tanking get your franchise quarterback and and hope that you drafted one of the fifty percent of the guys that can actually play yeah definitely you know I I think I need to retool what I said like I definitely want the highest pick but I want it done in my way I I, I don't <laughs> want to see Dallas every week in terms of that type of loss. Yes, like, yeah. Give me competitive games like Washington where I get excited to watch. But, you know, they get the pick. That'd be great. I'm just a little worried just because it seems like Caleb Williams is getting that type of hype that, like, Vince Young and Matt Leinart got. And, you know, people were saying when I was in high school that Mariota and uh, Winston were going to be the next Brady Manning. And, look, neither of them panned out. So, um, yeah, you got, definitely got to take the risk. I didn't know it was 50%, but – yeah, I want the pick, but I just – I want to be able to watch competitive games if they're not going to win. Hey, look, I, I, I'm with you. And by the way, like, you're, you know, you're watching that Washington game and, um, you know, chance to win it at the end. Here we go. Chips are on the table. Can you close it out? And, um, you know, uh, this one wasn't Mac Jones' fault, and you can make the argument throughout a lot of these. You know, your point with, with Philly and, you know, you know, I talked about how, yes, you kind of got away from you in the first half, but you had an opportunity to win. And, you know, that was Kayshawn Booty not getting a foot down. That wasn't Mac Jones not being able to perform at the end of that game, which then, again, you know, you can make the argument that, all right, well, now let's get into, again, how much have you invested and what have you surrounded Mac Jones with? If you actually gave him a receiver uh, to that he could trust and you're going up against the Eagles week one, do you win that game? Does that guy get two feet down? And now we're having a completely different conversation. So, I get it. You can make the argument either way. I just think if, if you're already at this spot, right, and you're already clearly uh, in a position where you're going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL, um, don't shoot yourself in the foot um, just for, for, for winning a couple of meaningless games. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think people down to let might be thinking about next offseason as well already, uh, given the fact that they're so out of the playoffs. So my last topic of discussion is just this game against the Colts. Man, when I was – Really young. This was the best game of the year. And I never thought in my life that even when Brady and Manning retired, that this would be a really bad game on the NFL schedules just in terms of who's playing. Uh, it's in Germany. You know, I think last week they got that, you know, Germany game right with Mahomes uh, versus Tua. Um, but I think it's going to be tough over there for those uh, fans that live in Germany to not really know many all-star players that are playing in this game. But uh, what are your thoughts on just, playing the Colts because they're kind of in the same situation as you trying to think about next uh, year for the draft pick maybe, but you know, who knows if this one team's got to win this game. Yeah. I, I look at it and to your point, I don't, I don't think this is certainly going to be the, uh, the game that everybody's talking about coming out of Sunday. No question about that. Right. And so, um, you know, you look at this matchup and your point, not a lot of juice. It used to be, like you said, uh, one of the premier matchups in, in the entire uh, NFL and kind of that one that you would circle at the beginning of the year. And that's not the case anymore. Uh, I look at the way that the Colts are playing right now. And offensively, I don't know how, you know, say what you will about Indianapolis, that they're putting up points. And so uh, 
I think the, the Patriots are going to be hard pressed uh, to score enough to stay in this one. Uh, as crazy as that sounds, because again, we're talking about the Indianapolis Colts right now. Um, so I like the Colts in this game, uh, and and we'll go from there. But yeah, this is uh, look. Uh, with the Patriots, it's been uh, uh, some brutal losses, and these aren't the most exciting games to watch either. They're, they're not. And so I think we're going to get some more offensive struggles uh, this weekend as well. Yep. Be interesting to see what happens. Tim, thank you so much for doing this. We'll stay in touch, and uh, we'll see what happens with the Patriots for the rest of the season. All right. Sounds good. Thanks again for having me. Appreciate it. No problem.